0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in San Francisco, California, with a very special guest by the name of Alan Rosenberg. Alan, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready? To release the clutch. I
1: am in first and ready to drop the clutch.
0: All right. Well, living in San Francisco, you got to know how to drive a car with a clutch because there's a few hills in that city, that's for sure. Uh, We don't want to burn up the clutch. But I'm going to give you an introduction here that's a little bit more proper. But before I do that, I always like to ask my guests this question, which kind of brings out maybe some of the different facets of who you are. What's one little thing that people don't know about you, Alan? That's
1: a good question. To be honest, although most people wouldn't believe it, I'm terribly shy. Really? Yes, horribly, horribly. But if you throw me out in front of a very large group of people, I generally leave with a standing ovation. So I, I don't understand why my shyness is like that, but that's how it is.
0: I've heard that from a lot of people after interviewing over 2,400 people. And I've had people, even people I know that say, I just can't go on your show. I'm way too shy. And I always remind them, you know, this is this. And I've said this in our little pre-show chat. This is, an, is uh, not an interrogation. It's a conversation. And so it's between a couple of car guys. And in your case, a photographer, I used to do a lot of photography. I love that medium, nowhere near as skilled and talented as you are. But uh, I think you're going to end up with a standing ovation after this show. So no, need to worry.
1: Okay, Alan? (laughs) That's not why I speak, but thank (laughs) you so much. All right. Speaking of a very hilly place where I live, I live right at the top of Hyde Street Hill, which is where the top of Lombard Street at Crooked Street.
0: Oh, yes. I've driven down that street several times. So There you go. All right. Beautiful part of the city. All right. Well, let me give you an introduction here. Alan Rosenberg is a San Francisco-based photographer who has been shooting for well over five decades throughout the world. His rich volume of work includes commissions from Mercedes-Benz, our friends Roof, Aloe Roof, his wife and his daughter have been guests on the show, Marriott and Hilton Hotels, the Post Hotel and Spa, heineken a great beer mcdonald's and dozens of wineries and over 100 cookbooks for williams sonoma i think my wife has all those cookbooks time life and octopus alan has covered formula one for three years imsa and indy car racing we'll be back in just a moment but first a word from our valuable sponsors so give them a little listen and we'll be right back buckle up we're gonna have some fun 9324 and protect the ones you love, like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Alan, I want to go back in time first before we talk about the things you're doing now about how you got an interest in photography because I've interviewed hundreds of photographers and I get all different stories of people starting when they were very young or maybe that became something they did later in life. But how did this uh, picking up the camera and the fascination start for you? Well,
1: to be honest, Some time ago, uh, in the mid-60s, I was handed a 35-millimeter camera. I very much fell in love with the machine-like aspects of it. And I didn't realize how powerful the tool it was uh, until I started shooting my sister's girlfriend, who... Started taking her clothes off. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and to be honest, with that kind of encouragement and a lot of ignorance and perseverance, I continued.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, a future in Playboy magazine maybe was on the way. I did a few shots uh, years ago,
1: just black and white stuff for them. Nothing that would be uh, even considered nearly nude. But um, just it was fun to have an association as small as it was.
0: You know, it's interesting because today, of course, as you and I know, and we come from somewhat of the same generation, is that these phones in our hands have become, well, they are cameras, and everybody's become a photographer, it seems like. However, I've always said that these phones have, in my mind, have kind of dumbed down people's reality of what is a great photograph. And this is kind of a long-winded segue into how you perceive what great photography is.
1: Well... I have to go back and think, you know, there's billions of photographs taken, but as a people, we're taken by very few. And it, what moves us in a photograph seems to be those very few images that tell us something about human nature, about ourselves, in, in various ways.
0: How do you... Look at photography as a career differently than photography as perhaps a hobby or a means of enjoyment,
1: well, as a career, it, it, I would suggest that nobody gets involved in it,
0: and why is that
1: well i I just am so tired of hearing from young people that say, well, you know i when i when asked, well, did you sell them the photograph?" And they said, no, I gave it away, and I say to them look you know how are you going to double your rates you you if you give your work away you're telling people it has no value so as a business you have to think i want to get paid for what i'm doing and if you're just a philanthropist and want to give your work away well you're entitled to do that as well
0: Well, it used to be because I worked in the advertising industry for 11 years. I hired a lot of photographers to shoot things for us, for our clients, products, uh, people, automobiles even and one of the things back when was that cameras were very technical you talked about getting that camera in your hands when you're young and you like the machine and what it was and how it worked and of course now cameras have become very easy for many people to use the phone camera I will say but even the old 35 millimeter which is now digital has become much easier to use do you think that back in time because there was a technical aspect to great creating a capturing a great image that that had more value in some way. I, I, I think I may be opening up Andor's box here, but do you know what I mean? It was harder to take a great photo.
1: I understand, and I think what happened was so many people needed imaging, especially in advertising, and uh, you alluded to yourself uh, in the era that I started mid '60s. 70s, 80s, in particular, were the golden years as far as advertising, in my opinion. Um, I was hired to go all over the world numerous times because the idea of taking a photograph was a little bit too technical for most people. In that, you had, they weren't sending me, let me put it this way, they weren't sending me all to all these great places to come back with nothing. So they knew. I had to get it done. And if it was raining, snowing, it didn't matter. They said, open up your bag of tricks and make it happen. So I, I think in the beginning, it was a, more than most people wanted to get involved in uh, as far as the photography. And then ultimately, they would hire somebody that called themselves a professional. They liked their work. They saw something in their portfolio that they wanted them to bring back with whatever the the shot was.
0: I have a question for you from a professional standpoint. You mentioned, (laughs) you tell people today, don't go into the field if you're just going to give your work away. But if somebody was interested in doing photography, learning it, maybe even as a profession, are there some things that you might direct them towards so that they can be better at seeing and capturing images?
1: Oh, certainly. I, I think there's any number of very valuable places uh on the web i think that i know there is a great passion for people young people in particular to want to get into a dark room i can personally say this is a total waste of time uh if if you want to throw your money away that's up to you but um I would say learn from the web, there are any number of places, I'm not going to suggest one's better than the other, but go through them, learn Photoshop, enjoy Photoshop. I I use it every single day, and I must say probably don't even use 1% of what that program can offer. it truly isn't. And, and don't believe what people tell you, oh, you need this or you need that. Uh, most photographers are horribly insecure. They always think they need one more piece of equipment, another lens, um, another piece of a bigger monitor, another computer. Work with what you have. Beat your gear to death. And the reason I tell you that is in doing so, you'll be learning to see the photograph you really want to make don't rely necessarily on all of the bells and whistles i cannot tell you to this day my entire life people come up to me and ask me well wow what kind of camera did this it's not the camera does help to take a picture but it's the photographer you're the one that controls that button when you want to make a photograph couldn't be easier today Wonderful thing is you don't have to go into a dark room. You don't have to take what the negative or positive from the dark room and then ultimately have it scanned into a digital image. It's done automatically. Once you buy a modern camera, you have a card to write to from the, the camera. You're done paying. Start learning. Start playing in Photoshop. Enjoy what you can do. Sure, it's frustrating. But I tell people, they want to go with me. I said, walk around with me. Let's learn to see what we're going to shoot. You know, let's just go outside. Show me where you point your camera. Why are you pointing your camera there? What do you see? And that's the image you'll create eventually.
0: Absolutely. It's a nice segue to this question, and that is what I call our driving inspirations. A bit of a pun there, because we are on Cars Yeah! But when you look back in your career, maybe early on... Were there people that were very influential, perhaps mentors or guiders, like you were talking about you taking people out now today to show them how to see things? Was there somebody like that in your life that helped you with your career?
1: Yeah, it came a bit later. One one person early on was a art director, Time Life. He he actually worked on the Great Dinners from Life series, which is still out there, in book form with, I'm sure it's also on the web, but you could go to an old bookstore and look at that. And as a food photographer, I was fascinated. He invited me to the Life Law, And for your listeners that don't know what Life was, it was one of the great weekly magazines of its era, really pushing photography uh, forward. And his name was Art Rosser. And Art was very helpful and kind to introduce me to the men that I thought were just giants in the field at that time.
0: Can you name who some of those folks were?
1: Sure. John Dominus, Irving Penn, there was Avi Don. there was Hero. Uh I, I met uh, and spoke with uh, all of these people. And my goodness, they were just wonderful. And in later life, when I got to, An organization like Road and Track, there were several senior photographers there whom I learned a great deal from like John Lamb, the art director, Richard Barron. They could not have been more helpful and more generous with their time in talking to me and, and having the faith in me to say, okay, well, you're flying today to Germany, or you're going to Argentina, bring back the shot, so as terrifying as that all sounded in the beginning. I I live for it every day. I want this phone to ring. I'm ready to go. So Formula One team called me and said, come on, I'd, I'd be right there.
0: <laughs> awesome. Great. Well, we got a little event coming up here in Las Vegas. So uh...
1: Yeah, I I think that's going to be pretty interesting. I can't wait to see what the drivers say about the track. I love covering Formula One. It's certainly not an easy job. And uh, today with Even if you watch on television, you'll see so many of each individual team having two, three, four photographers around the paddock and then who knows what else around the circuit. And ultimately, TV is the king, so still photography is kind of second cousin.
0: So challenges, let's talk about one particular challenge that you faced in your career that was very challenging, very difficult at the time, but when you look back on it now, you realize, I'm glad I had to go through that. It taught me some very valuable lessons.
1: Easy. Plain and simple was going from film to digital. Oh, yeah. I was at a certain age in my life where I said, well... I'm too young to retire, and and I'm almost 80 now. I will not retire. I love working. I love shooting. I'm going to a big shoot this weekend. It's never going to stop. Nice. But I said to myself, and I saw the power of this digital photography, and it was coming. I said, you learn it, or just quit. And I'm not a quitter. I lashed myself to my then new computer and started trying to understand what digital photography was. After about two and a half years and reading books that would take you halfway to the promised land, not even close to where you want to go, going off on different topics, I finally understood the very few things that then I really started to learn about imaging through a digital world. And now I love it, I would never Go back to film? Never.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? I I remember that period of time because we were working with as an agency and and a company I was part of hiring photographers, and we kept saying, "When are you going to go digital?" And some of them we worked at, they just were fighting it. You know, it would be like the old typesetters fighting going digital. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. My studio. I don't know what agency you were with. I worked with a lot of the big ones in San Francisco. And, you know, they would still have to have typeset and go here and go there. When can we pick up film? I went and did some things for General Motors at their test facility in Arizona one day. I remember and (laughs) the people at GM said that because the project was top secret, they wanted people in the dark room when this was being processed and I tried to explain to them there's no point because nobody's going to see anything <laughs> in the darkroom. You're taking yeah. a film and yeah. <laughs> in the dark, you know, putting it on spools. And these he they insisted and I said, No, it's not going to happen. I said at the other end, sure, we'll make sure nothing gets cut out <laughs> that, that they were you know, they spent $2 billion on this project. They oh, didn't course. want anybody yeah, else. To I understand.
0: It. I understand.
1: I love the agencies. Working with agencies were the best and most creative. And I, I had so much fun doing that.
0: It sounds like it. You know, I like to ask people if they have a special vehicle story. Now, in your case, you've shot so many cool things. I'm going to twist this up a little bit. Instead of asking you about a special vehicle of yours. I would like you to share an experience when you went out and shot something that you were excited about, turned out to be a really fascinating and fun shoot. Can you tell us such a story?
1: I certainly can. I've owned Porsches since university. And what I'll do is I'll forward you the images of those cards. I've already sent you one. But I had just received... My new nine nine three four f that I just loved. It was it is a beautiful car. And a couple of months after I received it, Rodentrack asked me, uh, they said, Look, we need you to go to Germany. Place um I could speak German. I lived in Germany for a year and a half, two years, early, early in my career. Um and they said you're gonna to go to the town called Pfaffenhausen. and I like, okay. And that was my first experience being introduced to Lewis Roof, who he and his wonderful bride Estonia, became quite good friends. And he showed me his new 993, but it was CTR2, which it was the same color as my <laughs> car. <laughs> and I said, and then he said, "No, you, you you have to drive it to understand." And I remember writing one page story about it. And as as I'm sitting in the car and hearing the turbos spool up in the back and it's just begging me to go from second to third and you know, pushing me to take fourth, that car to this day was one of the great rides in my entire life. I mean I've been off off in Ferraris and all kinds of great cars and man, that roof to if Today I won the lottery, I'd go back and I'd buy that model. And, and actually, I'd go back and I'd buy an older Porsche that Roof would have worked on. Uh, because I think I'm, I prefer the older cars now, but uh, new ones are too competent. They do everything yeah, perfect.
0: Yeah, well, you and I...
1: But l- definitely Lewis Roof, that car, still the best.
0: Yeah, the roofs are like crazy fun folks. But you and I share a lot there because uh, I had that 993 for a long time. Wonderful car. Well,
1: you'll see the photo of mine I, I sent you uh, at Sonoma Raceway. Um, but um, I have to say that, yeah, that was – a gr- we might have been at the factory <laughs> maybe, days
0: maybe away so.
1: from each other because I picked mine up in Europe and – I picked up another Porsche made car there that I bought, the five hundred E Mercedes. Oh yes. The Porsche built oh, for Mercedes. Nice car. And um, yeah, I also drove that to Faufenhausen. and Yeah, you, know, you know, once you're there it's home and I stayed with them, that was great. And it was a lot of fun. Great people. Great car.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I remember going into a, a room at the factory, and the gentleman said, "Can't take any pictures in here." Uh, but I'm going to show you what we're doing here with Mercedes. And I'm like, "What?" So uh, wow, you're you're fortunate. Those yeah. things are awesome.
1: I was there uh, when they were assembling the cars and the motors, the five liter motors had just arrived from AMG. It was oh, a yeah. wonderful, it was
0: spectacular. Time. Yeah, uh, we should have waved at each other way back, way back then. So. <laughs> I like to play car psychologist. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, Alan. Okay. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, manifest as a vehicle, what would you be and why?
1: That's a good question. Well, if I was reincarnated, I'm definitely a two-seater sports car. It would not have a top, no top, nimble, not necessarily overpowered, light to the feel. I wouldn't want it perfect because it should have some character. I want it to be bright on turn-in, great with brakes. And if it had a smaller engine, which would be fine, uh, that challenges me to keep up with the bigger cars <laughs> if I'm going to it. That would be me. Something like a more powerful, no, I won't say more powerful, but a, a firmer MX-5 Miata.
0: Okay, very cool. Wonderful cars to drive, too.
1: Something like that. Yeah.
0: I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Nice answer. That trips people up sometimes. How about great books? We love books here at Cars Yeah. Is there a great book you might recommend to our listeners?
1: Well, uh, a great book would be the Phil Hill book, if they can get their hands on one. It's filled with his photographs and recollections of his career behind the wheel, and it is Phil Hill, you have to understand, was a hero of mine when I was away at school and in study hall. I would be reading my hidden copy of Road and Track inside a history book, and I would read about Phil and his exploits in Formula One with Johnny Von Neumann and the Ferrari team and so on. And then when I got to Road and Track in the late 60s, early 70s, Phil was there all the time, and not only was that a thrill to meet him, but he and I and his family, his wife Alma, eventually his son, uh, became very good friends. And he went from, he still is my hero, but he went from hero to a friend. And uh, So that would be the, the number one book. I think um, if, as far as tying it in with photography, that's a good one. But on a much different scale, a book called A Day at the Factory, a wonderful book in black and white about Volkswagen in the, I wanna say mid to late fifties. And it's all black and white and absolutely breathtaking photographs. I can imagine walking around with my four by five camera shooting these images, Um, absolutely stunning. The book, you can find it I'm sure at any used bookstore. They're cheap. Beyond that, I have a library of books. Come on over and I'll learn you one. But uh, I'm just trying to think of a number three. Well, I do have... No, that's almost impossible to get. No, that would be it. Those two, I think, run the gamut of... As far as photography and books that I love. I love reading some books, but those image books are the ones I love the best. I tell you the one of the funny stories of Phil uh, and I doing something, we were both doing the tour auto in France. It's a five day journey through France oh, wow. and race cars. It's not a journey, it's a fantasy. It's absolutely wonderful. Patrick Peter is and um, puts it together and we have the French Elysee Guard, motorcycle guard as our protector, so all the laws there aren't any. And I was driving uh, alloy body 300 SL, one of the very few 27 or 29 that were made. Uh, these cars were never really race cars, but they were alloy-bodied 1955 car. And they went to distributors throughout the Mercedes world. Well, I'm driving this car, and I passed Phil. He was in a 212 Ferrari with the owner. And Phil is driving, of course, and I'm driving the 300, and I'm... That was day three. We were all hooked up. There was to no wrong, and I'm drifting the three hundred by him Ooh. and a little bit further down the road, we had to stop for a coffee to make it's it's theoretically a rally, so you have to stop it before you go through a timing zone and uh so we're having a cup of coffee, and I said to Phil, you know Phil. I said, I'm really enjoying that Mercedes. He said, Yeah, you were, you drifted that car right by me, beautifully done. I said, Well, I said, D- That was in third. Do you think I could do it in fourth? <laughs> and Phil's response was, Gave it a good pause. And he said, Well, I wouldn't. <laughs>
0: enough said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I said, oh, yeah, I figured, okay, yeah, that's enough exactly for me so. <laughs> from the master.
0: So let's go on the ultimate drive. I am a bit of an enabler, which means I'm going to park any car you would like in your driveway. You can take it for a drive, but here's the key. You can take somebody with you, even somebody who's no longer with us from the past. What does the ultimate drive look like for you, Alan?
1: Does it have to be in this country?
0: You can be anywhere in the world. Okay. Well, I
1: let's see. I guess if I was going to take anyone, I'd want to get schooled by one of the best. So I'd, I'd take... Um, A Formula One driver like Phil Hill. I would love that to happen. Um, Although we did similar things, um, I would think, let let me see who else. We'll see. I've been with a bunch of them. But no, Phil would be the one, and I would want a car from the mid to late 50s, early 60s, because those are the cars, as a young man, I really related to. I... I've had a number of them. I, I've driven a D-Type, uh, which I loved. Uh, I had two Oscars, Maseratis, um, driven a little 500 TRC. That actually, I, I raced one of those. That would be a fun car for Phil and I to go off, and I'd be the Navigator for sure. But I loved that car. I loved running up to the tailpipes of the bigger TRs uh, in the Colorado brand or in uh, the Tour de france uh but that would be that would be my driver, and I would definitely be a very happy navigator.
0: Sounds like a dream come true. You've taken us on a wonderful ride here. And I want to thank you, Alan, for spending some time with us today. And I also want to thank our mutual friend who put us together, Doug Buchanan of Garage Graphics. Doug, thank you very much for introducing me to Alan. I'm much obliged. Could you leave us with some parting words of inspiration or maybe a mantra or some kind of words for an aspiring photographer these days, perhaps?
1: Certainly. If you really want to do it, Never quit. Keep working. Keep pushing, whether it's trying to get a credential at a a race meeting over the weekend, or trying to collect images. Even if it's for a few hours, take your camera. Look through your camera. Start seeing what you really want to photograph. But don't quit. Never surrender.
0: Sounds like the words of many, many race car drivers I've had on the show. Uh, Of course, the immortal words um, from that great British man, never, ever, ever give up, applies to a lot of things in life. So, Sir Winston Churchill. How can people learn more about you, Alan, and follow along with what you're producing?
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, Well, if they go to my Instagram, they'll find a wealth of what I do there. I try to post something at least every day, every other day. And that's called Rewind Online USA. And I'll say it again, Rewind Online USA. And that's because we started uh, Rewind, the magazine I contributed to, it's an Asian magazine, beautifully done. They no longer have a print version here in the States, so I just continued it um, with what we shoot, put it up on Instagram. That would be the best way. And as they say, lots of images and it gives you a very good idea of what I do on the other side of the coin, visit my website, which would be Alan R and Alan is spelled a L L a N com. Uh, my father, I guess, couldn't spell or wasn't quite sober enough to get it right at the time of my birth. Uh, but um Those two things will help, and if if you certainly can see the list of clients I've had on my website, and you certainly will see what interests me in, in both venues. So you go Instagram, which is the latest, the newest stuff, to my website, which is advertising and some late stuff, too
0: there you go i'll put links to those on alan's show notes page but they're easy to find and i'll tell you uh follow him on instagram because the images there are just absolutely spectacular alan thank you for being so generous today with your time and sharing your uh lifelong experiences and wisdom with the car listeners until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road thank you you're welcome how did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. CarsYat yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation our charity of choice in bringing scholarships, technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.